0: Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Hey there, I'm Carly Beth Rankin, and it's a pleasure to have you join me today. There's a spot at my table just for you. Now let's break bread together. Well, welcome back. I'm excited to see what the Lord will reveal to us through today's Bible Breakdown post. As always, let's first pause and meet today's Hall of Famer, or famers, I should say, and see what they did that inspired their story to be included alongside other heroes of faith. We see their induction in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews eleven twenty three. The N I V version states, "By faith Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict." Uh, kind of strange that they hid their own child. But given the circumstances, it was necessary. As we discovered last week while studying Joseph, when Joseph moved his family to Egypt centuries prior to Moses' birth, there were a total of 70 Israelites living in the land. And you know what happens when you get a bunch of young folks living in close proximity to each other. Multiplication. The Israelites' number grew and grew to the point where all of Egypt was filled with Israelite blood, which turned the new macho king of Egypt into a big, fat chicken. Fearing the Israelites would overturn his power, he made them his slaves, forcing them to complete hard, physical labor while enduring harsh treatment. But his attempt to control by force method backfired for Pharaoh. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. Exodus 1.12 in the NLT. So the king devised a plan B. Instead of just ruthlessly working the Israelites, Pharaoh commanded the Hebrew midwives to kill any Israelite boys they helped deliver. What a freaking Sorry, but I think it's warranted here. Monster. When the midwives refused to honor his demand, he reinforced his wishes by ordering everyone to throw any Hebrew baby boys born into the Nile River. My stomach turns just reading this and saying it, realizing this was the devastating reality so many mothers and fathers faced. And it was during that time when Israelites were experiencing their most heightened depression yet that God blessed two Hebrew newlyweds with a baby boy named Moses. Great timing, huh? I mean, come on, God. Couldn't you have saved them the trouble and waited a little longer to stick a bun in their oven? Except it doesn't work like that. Little baby boy Moses was chosen to be the deliverer who would eventually lead the Israelites out of enslavement. But in order for that to happen, he had to have been born during their persecution, which led his parents to hide him and then place him in the Nile, not as dinner for the hungry alligators and fishies, but positioned securely in a basket, to be found and adopted by Pharaoh's daughters so that he could grow up in the royal household and receive favor and authority so that when he left and began leading his people out of bondage, he had a foothold in the palace to do so. (gasps) Woo! Did you get all that? In short, Moses had to be born, hidden, and adopted the way he was so he could lead his people out of Egypt. It was the only way. And while Amram and Jochebed, Moses' parents, couldn't chase down the rabbit trail and grasp the whole picture like we are able to, they knew Moses was special from the beginning. In Exodus two in the NLT, it says, that Moses' mom saw that he was a special baby. Several Bible translations use the word beautiful instead of special. Whether God made Moses striking in appearance to prompt his parents to hide him, or whether his beauty gave them assurance he would be set apart, they definitely discerned their precious baby had to live. Despite the devilish decree, Despite the danger it put them in, despite all the what-ifs, they chose to honor God by protecting their baby's life. Hebrews 11.23 states that they were not afraid of the king's edict. I don't think referencing them not being afraid means they didn't care if Moses was found and killed. Clearly, they wouldn't have hit him if that was the case. I also don't think it means they didn't believe the threat was real. I mean... They lived among other Israelites. They heard the horrendous sounds of neighbors wailing and crying as their newborn sons were taken from their arms with a sealed fate. They knew the threat was real. They just chose not to live in it. Their faith was bigger than their fear. You know, the kind of fears you and I might experience, like Not flying on a plane because what if it plunges into the ocean? Not stepping out of your house because what if you contract COVID-19? Not shopping in public because what if a shooter opens fire? All legit threats people experience. But what about the unmentionables? The pull at your heartstrings nobody wants to talk about or admit fears. Like... Not wanting your kids to leave home because then you have to allow them the freedom to make their own choices. Not wanting to try to have another kid because you've already miscarried twice. Not wanting to move where God's called you because you've never left home. And out of all those fears mentioned or any I could try to dream up, The one that terrifies me the most is the thought of somebody yanking my baby girl away from me and delivering her to a tragic death. The exact position Moses' parents were in, and yet they were not afraid. They knew the reality and the threats against them, but they continued living boldly, hiding their baby, but not their faith. I know this has been heavy. I'm so sorry. I didn't intend to go to those deep and hard places. But friend, we don't have to live in those scary places anymore. Like one of my favorite songs by Bethel Music says, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. While the threats in our world and the fears buried in our hearts are very real, The peace of God, which transcends all our understanding, guards our hearts and minds so we can live in his freedom and not our terrors. Amen. Thank you, God. And you know what else is pretty awesome? After Moses' parents secured him in the basket and sent him down the river to be found by no other than Pharaoh's daughter, God returned Moses back to Jochebed for her to nurse him again. She actually got paid to nurse her own son. That's the goodness and mercy of our God. He sees our needs. He knows our hearts. And he works everything for our good. So let's be inspired by the incredible faith of Moses' brave parents. It's time to surrender our fears and quit living in the what ifs. Let's live in who is. Oh, Lord, I admit how difficult it is to surrender my fears to you. I know you've given me freedom from fear, and I pray for the boldness to live in it. We love you, gracious God. Amen. Whew. I know today I've pulled at your heartstrings and have a heavy weight that is exposed in your heart. I am sorry to take you to those deep places, but I pray that you are encouraged and uplifted by the simple truth that God is our freedom. Thank you so much for joining me today. May God bless you and have a great week.